Welcome to Divorce at Altitude, a podcast on Colorado family law. I'm Ryan Kalamea. Each week, along with my business partner and co-host, Amy Gosha, or an expert, we discuss a particular topic related to divorce or co-parenting in Colorado. In addition, we have created a short series of lessons that will take you through the legal process of divorce and answer your questions from simple to complex. Divorce isn't easy. The end of a marriage, especially when children are involved, brings a great deal of loss and change. We hope these practical tips and insights will help you on your journey to a new and better life. This episode is on business valuations. It's part of our series on property division in a Colorado divorce. If you aren't familiar with Eric Wolf's story, you should check it out. It's in episode one, and you can also search online for Eric Wolf in my last name, and you'll be able to read the story about Eric Wolf. The reason it's helpful is Eric Wolf is a business owner. One of the questions that he has that we frequently hear is, what is going to happen to my business? And also, how do we value a business in a divorce? So let's kind of cover some general concepts before we dive into specifics on business valuations in a cholera divorce. First, property shall be valued as of the date of the decree or the date of the hearing if the hearing predates or precedes the date of dissolution. So if you go to trial on the value of your business, it's going to be your trial date. It's not when you separated. It's not when you filed. And so if your business is making a significant amount of money during the pendency of the divorce, that's going to be included as marital property. The objective of the court is to determine the approximate current value of all property owned by the parties. The determination of value is within the sound discretion of the court. So the court is given wide latitude in determining value of business interests in a divorce. Valuations generally require the testimony of experts. If you are concerned or you want to understand more about how experts are involved in a cholera divorce, we have a variety of other episodes, including one involving Eric Six, a valuation expert, and a presentation that we both gave to the Family Law Institute. It's also important to understand that business interests and the owner of a business can testify as to their opinion on value, even though they're not an expert. And that's pursuant to a case called Interim Marriage of Plumber. So let's get into the nitty gritty of what experts generally will look at when they're valuing business interests in a Colorado divorce. There are three basic approaches to business valuations. The first is an income approach. In essence, under an income approach, the value is estimated based on the company's future earning capacity. Now that might seem in conflict with the general principle of the fact that post-decree earnings or money earned after a divorce is not supposed to be considered marital property. But if we look at the income approach, there are various methods based on the income of a business. One of those is the excess earnings method. It's commonly used in dissolution of marriage proceedings, particularly where a service business or a professional practice is involved. That would be a law firm, a medical practice, somewhere where there's a professional involved. So an accountant, something of that variety. 
The excess earnings method applies a multiple that reflects the stability and predictability of future earnings attributable to the ownership of the business. And the way to think about the excess earnings method is you look at a baseline or what the average uh, professional earns in that particular business. And then anything above that is going to be the excess earnings. Now, many valuation experts will use the excess earnings method in a professional practice. And that's because there's a case called in remarriage of Huff in which the excess earnings method was used on a professional practice. It was actually a lawyer. And you should understand or know that in Huff, there was a multiplier of three times excess earnings. So many valuation experts will rely on three as the default multiplier, but it's going to depend on the case and circumstances. Some professional literature would use a lower multiplier for professional services. There are other methods within the income approach. Those would be capitalization of earnings as well as a variety of other methods. Another way a valuation expert will value a business interest in a Colorado divorce is to look at the market approach. That is where the value is calculated by comparing the subject business with transactions involving comparable businesses. The easiest way to think about this is that there's a stock market, say the NASDAQ, and you can look at how much a business is worth based on what the market is willing to pay. Now, most business interests that are involved in a Colorado divorce are going to be closely held or private businesses. Many valuation experts will have access to information regarding sales or markets regarding closely held businesses. For example, restaurants or dental practices or estate planning for lawyers. Those kinds of businesses across the country are frequently sold and there can be a different methodology that is used for each particular industry to determine what the market rate is. Now, in a market approach to accommodate the differences between the reported transactions in the subject business. There must be various adjustments based on risk and the differences that might be involved in the particularities of that case. Finally, we have the cost or asset approach. In this approach, the value is based on the value of the underlying assets, less the liabilities. The easiest example is a business that owns some sort of real estate. The value of the business is based on the underlying real estate that is owned by that business. The asset approach is typically used for businesses that are not profitable, for which the other methods would produce a lower value than the value of the underlying assets of the business. So if there's some sort of building or some sort of interest that is not producing that much income, we might look at the asset approach to determine the true value of that particular business. And one related topic is whether or not we're talking about some sort of auction or fire sale or duress in terms of selling these various assets. Now, other valuation experts, they might take a hybrid approach. So they might look at the cost approach or the asset approach and put 50% on that value and then look at the income or the market approach and to put 50% weighting. All of these things are going to be within the professional decision-making of an expert. 
expert witness. Next, let's talk about the standards of value and discounts as they relate in a business valuation in a Colorado divorce. First, there's investment value. That is the value of the business in the hands of the current owner. So if Eric owns some sort of software business, then the value of the software business is how much is it to Eric. And that would Eric's specific knowledge, his earning potential, expectations of risk, and so on. Then we also have fair market value. Fair market value uh, is that software business that Eric owns, and that's the price at which the property would be changing hands between a willing buyer and a willing seller. So it's under the assumption of a buyer and a seller, but it's not under a for sale. So it's how much is it going to sell for if there is a seller and a buyer with reasonable knowledge of the relevant facts. Then we get into fair value, and that's going to be applied in measuring the value of a business for the purpose of a dissenting shareholder action. Generally, that's not what is going to be used in a cholera divorce. Typically, what we're dealing with is investment value and fair market value. So how does the courts decide? Well, generally speaking, fair value is not used in a Colorado divorce. Often valuation experts will put out two different numbers, one for investment value and the other for fair market value. Generally speaking, courts will follow investment value when the asset, the business is not going to be sold, and but they might apply the fair market value. So what kind of discounts would apply in a business valuation? Well, the first is you have lack of control. So if you are a minority uh, shareholder or owner of a business and you don't have control over the various business decisions, there could be a discount. And that's because the business is worth less because you can't control it. Controlling interest has the power to determine the business's operations, which is more valuable than obviously a minority or passive interest. What else? Well, you're talking about a marketability discount. This was raised in the case of In Remarriage of Thornhill. In Remarriage of Thornhill was a case that allowed courts to consider discounts in business valuations for lack of marketability. Now, it sometimes people refer to In Remarriage of Thornhill and say that it requires such discounts, but that's not what the case says. It instead allows if the court decides whether or not it's appropriate and experts vary widely on the extent of the discount to be taken. And essentially, it's going to be lack of liquidity and lack of marketability in the fact that the business is not for sale or can't be converted into income at that particular moment. Now, I'll wrap up in terms of buy-sell agreements. Typically, those are involved or an operating agreement that will spell out what exactly an owner is entitled to if there's a dissolution or some sort of divorce. Now, frequently, owners of businesses will say, well, that's just the end of the story. We'll just follow the operating agreement or the buy-sell agreement. Colorado courts will consider these agreements in evaluation, but they're not conclusive. And that's pursuant to the Kaiser case. Typically, buy-sell agreements are adopted with a view to provide a disincentive for the withdrawal of a shareholder, partner, or member. So the buy-sell agreement is typically going to have a value that would be uh, significantly less than if he or she stayed with the business. Now, there are so many different elements of business valuations. If you're dealing with some sort of business that requires an expert, you're also probably going to be typically dealing with a divorce lawyer who's going to explain these details or these concepts in detail. But for now, hopefully that's helpful 
helpful for you in understanding what business evaluations and how they work in a Colorado divorce. Thanks for listening or watching this short lesson on the Divorce Altitude podcast. If you found this helpful, please leave a review or share with a friend. It does help for others that are going through or thinking about a divorce in Colorado. If you want to find out more information, please visit kalamea.law or divorcealtitude.com. And that's K-A-L-A-M-A-Y-A.law. Remember, this is educational information. It's not intended to be legal advice. Please consult with an attorney about the particulars of your case. We're happy to answer questions. Feel free to give us a call at 970-315-2365.